My name is Jordan, and I've been a KISS fan from 2007, and you're listening to PodKISS. All right, KISS Army. You wanted the best? You got the best. Now close your eyes. You're about to be PodKISS. Welcome to your PodKISS. This is Gary Schaller. And this is James Hager. This episode is going to be larger than life. We have lots of old stuff, new stuff, rare stuff, and you'll even hear our exclusive podcast interview with the very cool and very talented Adam Black, who's the creative force behind the KISS 4K comic book. He did an interview with our good buddy Ken. Lots of stories, lots of laughs. But first, this is Ace Live in 2008 playing Fractured Mirror. why don't you tell us what happened the night you met Ace Fraley? Well, okay. Well, this uh, happened during uh, finals week uh, for me. I, as many of you may know, I'm a college student right now, and uh, like any intelligent college student who's a KISS fan, I found out that Ace Fraley was going to be playing not an hour and a half to two hours from me. So um, I decide that I'm going to uh, take a couple tests and uh, head up to Cincinnati to see uh, the spaceman. So I take my tests, get in the car. I went with my mother. She was a, a huge, huge Kiss fan back in the, back in the seventies. And uh, really, yeah, absolutely. She um she had um, 
I believe it was Destroyer and Rock and Roll Over um, LPs thrown in the river by her mother when she uh, got some bad grades in school or something. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. She uh, She's told me about that. and uh, That bummed me out a little bit as well. But Anyway, yeah, so we go up to Cincinnati. Uh, my mother decides she wants to get a hotel room for the night. and We uh, get lost in downtown Cincinnati. It takes us a good uh, two hours to find Bogarts. And if any of you... Uh, you fans out there are familiar with where Bogarts is located in Cincinnati and the hell it can be for us that are not from Cincinnati, you, you can sympathize. <laughs> we go out to wait for the shuttle approximately 6.15 and uh, as I'm sitting on a stone waiting for this bus, a van pulls up. The, a guy gets out of the passenger seat of the car and opens up the, the back van door and I see just a flash of gray-black hair. And I, I won't lie, my first thought was, maybe it's an older lady that needs help out of the back of the van. <laughs> oh, no. Well, yeah, because, you know, all I saw was the, the hair. Just a flash of the hair. And then I saw a playing card on the t-shirt. Nice. And I was, I was thinking, okay, maybe they're going to the show, too. And then I see a goatee and sunglasses. And my jaw drops. And uh, my exact words, I believe, were, duh. Um, B. <laughs> and uh, as Ace Frehley is walking by me, I see my chance at... Uh, by the way, I, all the time my mother's sitting next to me text messaging. She has no idea this is happening. Um, I see my opportunity to say hello to my hero slipping out of my hands. And as he's about six inches from me, I scream, Ace! And uh, he turns around, sticks out his hand, shakes mine. I say, I'll see you in about an hour, Ace. And he says, thanks for coming to the show. You've caught me eating an orange. <laughs> that, that, and that's uh, what Ace he Frehley, said. What, that's, that's absolutely what he said. It was something along those lines. It was, he said, thanks for coming to the show. And then he said, either you've caught me eating an orange or I've got orange all over me or you know, something like that. And he, in fact, had an orange in his left hand and orange in his goatee. You know what, though? That's pretty cool that he took the time to talk to you, even though he had an orange all over his face. Absolutely. That's and why we love Ace Fraley. It, uh, absolutely. And uh, he then walked in the hotel, and for the next 20 minutes, I was completely dumbstruck by what had just happened. You were, um, you were, you were on cloud nine above Jendel. Ab- absolutely. I, I sat, and all I could muster was, that just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> what part? Any of it, and that's what I said. I said, this just doesn't make any sense. Uh, maybe I thought Ace Frehley should have been eating an orange, or he doesn't have to sleep, so I, I don't know. But I just said it doesn't make any sense. I met Ace, um, I guess about like 2001, and um, yeah, he was really sweet. He signed he signed autographs for me and for my brother. Um, you know, by all accounts, he's just a really nice guy when you, when you get to meet him, especially... Um, you know, if you don't accost him and say like, oh my God, you changed my life, blah, blah, blah. You know, if you're cool, he's cool. And, and then that kind of makes sense, I guess, for anybody. I had a, well, let me ask you, how was the show? Ace tore it down. I mean, it was absolutely amazing. To me, the highlight of the show was probably the low light of the show you saw, but I absolutely adored Rock Soldiers. No comment. <laughs> that, uh, the line, Ace is back and he told you so. When he said that, the crowd just went insane. He was on, and every, I can't think of a single solo he flubbed. Um, 
it was it was nice to hear Ace sound like Ace. You know, here's the th- that, here's the thing about that though, right? And um, you know, I've I've been not shy about talking about when members of Kiss haven't sounded good. Flubs happen, you know, mistakes happen. Everybody has an off night. A bad show is a bad show. Whatever. The thing that is just so cool about you know about Ace on tour right now is he's playing like himself again. Absolutely. He's really in top form. I had an excellent time at the show. I met up with uh, Julian, who's the webmaster at uh, Kiss FAQ. You, you have to check out his site. If, if people are listening, check out kissfaq.com. Um, check out his terrific books that he's written. He's written a lot of books about Kiss, and they're really good books. They're, they're, they've got a lot of facts and um, statistics and interviews and, and little quotes that you don't see elsewhere. But um, Every no, hardcore Kiss fan owes Julian Gill gratitude. Oh, Big debt of gratitude, and I and I owe him a debt of gratitude because uh, you know the night we went to see Ace, uh, uh, Julian lent me his little handheld recorder, which gave me an opportunity to talk to some fans who were waiting in line to get into the show. And so here um, we'll let the fans speak for themselves. Give this a listen. I'm talking to who am I talking to? <laughs> Johnny. Johnny. How long have you been a Kiss fan? For a long time. <laughs> How long is a long time? Uh, 35 years. Where did you come from? Sacramento. Ah, Sacramento. Excellent. You got anything to say to KISS fans who are listening? <laughs> KISS, uh, Ace really don't like cameras. <laughs> Ace really doesn't like cameras, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much, John. Have, enjoy the show. All right, thanks. Uh, I'm here with... John Azen. John. John, how long have you been a KISS fan? Ever since 1973. Nice. <laughs> Way back to the beginning. Uh, where are you from, John? I'm from Florida, actually. Oh, what brought you to this uh, balmy coast? Um, well, I live in Santa Maria, California, and I drove six hours to see Ace Frehley. Did you really? Yep. Now that's dedication. I hope Ace knows that his fans are that dedicated. What do you think? <laughs> I hope so. I brought my pig guard for my Ace Frehley, and hopefully I can get him to sign it. Beautiful. Well, I'm hoping for you, too. Uh, do you want to hear anything in particular tonight? Um, shock me. I think there's a pretty good chance that he'll play that. Um, can we get, uh, uh, what do you call it, a little bumper for the show where you say, Hi, my name is so-and-so, I, I've Kiss Army since such-and-such, and you're listening to the podcast. Well, I don't think I can remember all that. All right. <laughs> I, you say, Hi, my name is, and I've uh, Kiss Army since, and you're listening to podcast. Okay. Okay. Hi, my name is John, and... <laughs> all right. Let's try that again. Okay. Kiss Army. You need Kiss something to yeah. you. You I, should, I should wear a little sign, right? right. Okay. Uh, you can do it. I, I have faith. Okay. Okay. Well, tell me a couple times. Okay. So it's hi. My name is John. Right. Pod, yeah, Kiss Army since 1973, okay. and you're listening to the podcast. P o d k i s s t. All right. Hit it. My name is John. I've been a Kiss Army fan since 1973, and you're listening to. Right. <laughs> John, how many did you have tonight? Get it. <laughs> Somebody else. Kiss fans since 1973. Thank you, John. Thank you. All right, so I'm here with Richard Dirksen. Richard, hi. And this is my son Eric. Eric. Okay. And uh, Richard, how long have you been a Kiss fan? Since 1975. 1975. What was your first Kiss record? My first Kiss record was Love Gun. Ah, very good. Excellent, excellent. And, uh, you know, what are you hoping to hear tonight? 
I'd like to hear anything off of Ace's solo album. Of course, I'd love to hear Rip It Out. It'd be great if he'd do Shock Me. Um, but uh, his solo album's killer, so anything off of that would be great. Is Ace your favorite uh, member of Kiss? Uh, not really. My favorite member is Paul Stanley as far as musician. Of course, I like Gene's Footspot. But Ace is, you know, he's a great guitar player. A lot of guys were inspired by Ace, and a lot of, uh, a lot of lead guitar players today will cite him as one of their influences. Right on, absolutely. Um, anything you want to say to Ace Frehley, should he perhaps download this program? He is one of the rock gods. I couldn't have said it better. I'm here with... Who am I with? Bob. Bob, uh, tell us what you just said about Kiss. I said I didn't know a damn thing about him. You know, that's the spirit of a true fan. You know, goes to a show even though he doesn't know a damn thing know, about I've him. I've seen him a few times. Oh yeah? Okay, who's your favorite Kiss member? That's Mark St. John. That's uh, that, uh, the look in your eyes says uh, it, it says Mark St. John to me. Who am I? Who am I with? Elise. Elise, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm, I I couldn't be better. Uh, what brings you here tonight? Him, the biggest Kiss fan in the world. And he's not even talking to us. I know. Ace Frehley brought me here. Really? Yeah. How did he do that? Because I used to think he was hot until he took his makeup off. <laughs> you know, these things happen. And uh, you know, how long have you been a Kiss fan? Since I was ten. Since you were 10, so like, uh, like, what, like 10 years ago? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, and... Uh, Flatter me, huh? <laughs> you know, whatever works. And, uh, you know, anything in particular you're hoping to hear tonight? Well, not really. Just everything. That's fair. Can I get shock a... Shock me. Yeah, shock me. All right, I, probably a good chance of hearing that tonight. Uh, can I get you to do a bumper? A bumper is where you say, Hi, my name is Elise. Kiss Army since the year. And you're listening to Podkissed. Podkissed. Okay, wait a minute. <laughs> okay, ready? This is Elise and Kiss Army since 1975. You're listening to Podkissed. Thank you, Elise. You're welcome. So I am here with some very, very special Kiss fans. You want to introduce yourselves? Who's first? Uh, I'm Anthony Morrison from Radio Reality Check. Anthony from Radio Reality Check. David Moore from Radio Reality Check. John Turner, Radio Reality Check. Well, you guys have brought us some awesome KISS programming over the last few years. How did you get involved with that? Uh, we decided we were going to play KISS one night and went from there. You know, that's, uh, <laughs> that's usually how it happens. Have you heard of podcast? Yes, I have. Oh, very cool. Oh, thank you. Your check is in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> any, any weird or funny stories from, you know, running these shows? You guys interviewed Peter Chris, right? A couple of times, yeah. Awesome. Any fun stories, any anecdotes, anything you want to share, or anything you don't want to share? <laughs> uh, well, I, I can tell you, well, we were supposed to, when we were supposed to interview him, this last interview that we did with him, uh, we were supposed to interview him on, on a certain day, and he wasn't able to call, and his wife called us, Gigi, mm-hmm. and we ended up talking to her for an hour. So <laughs> <laughs> How was that? Actually, she's a wonderful lady. She is awesome, and uh, she loves Peter, and she loves what he's doing, and she is just she loves us so I mean we love her so she's awesome very cool okay uh, any insights yeah got a lot of good insights cool very cool one, one, one thing I could say about Peter and Gigi Chris is they're really real folks and and once they once they like you and they trust you and they've embraced you they treat you like family you know it shocked me the first time I'm sitting there talking with Gigi Chris and her and Peter walking along the beach so yeah, they're just really down to earth but w- we want to interview Ace. <laughs> really bad. <laughs> so do we. <laughs> uh, Carol K, Ace's publicist, if you're listening, yeah, you know, do the right thing for the Kiss Army. <laughs> That's right. All right. Uh, and anything, uh, anything you guys want to say to the people who are listening? 
Rock on. Keep it going, man. Rock on with your socks on. Keep your ears open. we got another Kiss This coming. There's another one coming. Another, another show coming. Well, keep you posted. Plug your website. It's www.radiorealitycheck.com. Uh, gentlemen, thank you so much. Thank you. And enjoy the show. Thanks. Thanks. I'm here with... Jonathan. And... Zoe. John and Zoe, welcome to the show. And uh, how long have you guys been KISS fans? Jonathan, how long have you been a KISS fan? About six years. Nice, okay, so 2002. What, what, what made you a KISS fan? Uh, me and my friends, we were doing something for school, and uh, it was like an air rock thing. So we said, oh, who'd be good to be? And we saw a poster of KISS, and we're like, oh, KISS. So it was my job to get the CD, and I got it, and I got really into it. What CD was it? It was just the greatest hits. The, uh, the first real album I got was their first album on vinyl. You know, you can't go wrong with that. That's a pretty good record to start with. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, let me ask you something. There are fans who uh, have been with this band for a very long time mm -hmm. who might say, you know, the young fans, they don't have the perspective. They don't really know, you know, what KISS is all about. Uh, without being impolite, <laughs> uh, you know, how do you explain being, you know, new to the group and passionate about it? Well, I think as long as you do your research and get into it, listen to all their first albums, and kind of read about the history of the band, you can you can hold your own. Obviously, you won't have the same amount of uh, of you know heart into it being you know because some people have been fans for 30 years, and I've only been a fan for you know like six. So they have you know more heart and time invested in it than I do. But I'd like to think I'm a I'm a pretty good Kiss fan. Awesome. Couldn't have said it better. Zoe, how long have you been a KISS fan? I don't know. So how many minutes? <laughs> like, how, how long, John? I don't know. We started listening to him because I was listening to him. Yeah. Thank you so much. You know, before the reunion happened, um, it was hard. Every, I think everybody wanted KISS or the, or the founding members of KISS on stage together. But one of the cool things that I remember from being a fan in the pre-reunion days um, is, is that you had, it was just sort of more stuff. You had, not only did you have Kiss on tour, but you had Ace on tour. So it's a little bit like that now. You have um, kind of more activity. Kiss are on tour right now, and they sound great. The audio I've heard, I'm, I'm very impressed. Um, they started in Australia and New Zealand, um, you know, and now they're on this huge tour in Europe, which by all accounts may be their biggest European tour. Um, multiple sellout nights. Um, they're playing places they've never played before, right? Like, um, I think they just played in, I think I said Russia for the first time. I mean, and, and I think Bulgaria for the first time too. So there are, there are fans, young and old, who have uh, never gotten to see Kiss before who are now getting the chance for the, uh, the very first time. And, you know, from all reports, it's a really great tour. Um, and in Australia, one of the things that happened that I think uh, stirred a lot of conversation or debate or whatever you want to call it is that uh, Tommy Thayer sang Shock Me. So this would be as good a time as any to introduce a new segment on the program in which we will gently debate some debatable topics in the KISS world. Um, we are not advocating one side or the other. We're just simply talking about what the fans are talking about. And we will call this segment... One of the things that makes the KISS Army so great is one of the same things that makes KISS's music so great, which is diversity. And uh, it goes without saying that just as different as KISS's songs are from one another, 
um, you know, fans' opinions differ as well. When, when they reunited in 1996 and they put the makeup back on, I think one of the things that happened, and James, you and I were talking about this earlier, one of the things that happened is that um, it changed, it really forever changed how people will look at both the past and the present for KISS. Um, you know, when you have guys in their 50s dressing in outfits they wore in their 20s, it changes, it changes how you view the past, it changes how you view them in the present as well. Um, when Eric put on the Peter Chris Catman makeup, it changed the way that was seen. It changed the, the way that the makeup was seen. Same thing happened when Tommy Thayer put on the, you know, the Spaceman Ace Fraley makeup. It changed the way the makeup was seen. It changed the way Tommy was seen. It changed the way Ace was seen. And it stirred up a lot of discussion, some of it very heated. Um, but I'd say that the people on all sides are very passionate. What they have in common is that they all care a lot about this band. They, they look at the history of KISS and you hear a lot of people talk about, you know, what KISS used to do and what KISS used to stand for and what KISS currently stands for and how they, you know, possibly conflict with each other or, or whatever. But one thing that you'll, in my opinion, constantly hear people say and express is a huge love for KISS. And, um regardless of the way they feel about, you know, current things or past things that happen. You know, their history and the way they view history is constantly being skewed by things that are happening in the current KISS world. Right. You know, such as, you know, Ace being on tour. You know, that makes us, you know, think differently of Ace. You know, because he's playing better, in my opinion, currently than he did 10 years oh, ago. Oh, I absolutely agree. Um, you know, KISS is on tour, and it's not Ace and Peter up there. It's, it's Eric and Tommy. And uh, Tommy Thayer sang Shock Me, which is an Ace Frehley song, which uh, will forever change the way people look at both Tommy Thayer and Shock Me. I think that one of the things that, that um, you know, should be pointed out or should be um, acknowledged is that regardless of any friction, past or present, between the, you know, Gene Paul and Ace, um, Tommy Thayer is absolutely a KISS fan. And the sense that I get genuinely is that when he plays and sings any KISS material on stage with KISS, he does so with a lot of care and attention paid to detail, um, to accuracy, to, um, you know, kind of trying to capture or recapture something that was very important to a lot of people. And, and, and the sense that I get is that he's doing it um, as, a, as a tribute. I, I can agree with that 100%. The flip side of that, though, is that some some fans feel that the tribute goes too far and that it becomes a tribute band? Uh, absolutely, the the way a lot of people are looking at this is, you know, first off, you have you know some people feel that it it could be a slight to to Ace in a way that you know Shock Me is Ace's signature song written about Ace, written in regards to a personal experience. A lot of other fans are looking at it in a different light. They're seeing Tommy singing that song and. And also on the on this European leg, Tommy has started uh, doing his own guitar solo at the end of She, in which he shoots rockets from the end of his guitar. And and in a lot of ways, it is a very authentic Kiss show because my sense is that you have four people who care an awful lot about what they're doing up there. Um, the music sounds good. I, I think that that's what's most important is that the music sounds good. And when it when you boil it down in terms of music, Love Gun could be seen as um, a, uh, Paul's signature song. And Deuce can be seen as Gene's signature song, and yet you have Ace with his band on tour right now playing both of those songs. Absolutely, I think um, a lot of the uh, the 
situation that comes out of that that a lot of people are, are expressing is that not only is Tom... Because if you remember correctly, Paul, two years ago, sang Shock Me as part of a... Um, a right, medley, in, in Japan. In a, yeah, in a Japanese show, and did a fine job, actually. And if I remember correctly, there was no real uproar over that. I mean, Paul sang Shock Me, right. whatever. But um, I think a lot of what is, you know, is coming out right now is because, you know, Tommy is up there in Ace's makeup. Well, it, I think it's, it speaks to something that Paul and Gene are saying and have been saying for several years, which is that there will be a kiss without any original members. And, in fact, I wish I could find this article. I know it's somewhere in a binder or, or on a, in, 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 in my closet or something. Some sometime I don't remember what magazine it was in 1979. And if you're listening, folks, and you have this quote handy, let me know where to find it. But at some point in 1979, I remember distinctly that Ace told an interviewer that he could foresee a time when Kiss would exist with those four characters and no original members. And in fact, Bill Coyne himself has said that the only reason why Eric Carr didn't wear Peter Chris's makeup is because they did not have the rights to it. Absolutely. So, yeah, so I mean, it's, you know, it's one of those things um, fans will feel heated about or fans may have debates about, but the thing that's clear is that fans on all sides really care, and that's why they're having these disagreements. You know, one of the neat things that, uh, James, that you and I were noticing about this tour is that um, Kiss is acting like a band again in some ways. Absolutely. Uh, One of the coolest things that I've seen... um, recently involving KISS was, uh, because for me it's easy to kind of get caught up in the whole Ace is on tour hoopla, and KISS isn't over here, so I pay more attention to what Ace is doing because he's here right now. But uh, I was looking around on uh, YouTube, and uh, I found a video of Gene Simmons in a a pizza eating contest in, I believe, New Zealand. And uh, in this video, it wasn't, you know, the typical Gene from Gene Simmons' family jewels is in a pizza eating contest. It was Gene Simmons of Kiss was in a pizza eating contest, and he was surrounded by his bandmates, and you saw Paul kind of giving him the shoulder rub and stuff, and it, it really, really felt like, for the first time, in my opinion, in a few years, that Kiss was a band. Uh, yeah, it's them acting as a band again. I've seen photos of them out and about, kind of hanging out, you know, when not on stage. Um, they recently met Condoleezza Rice and all four band members took a photograph with her in a hotel room. Um, if this were the 70s, I imagine Cream Magazine would be posting all kinds of rumors about what Condoleezza Rice enjoys and, um, you know, how Gene Simmons brought her into the ladies' room. Another thing that's happening is that Tommy and Eric are taking more of a front seat in terms of doing interviews and publicity um, activity. They did a signing, Tommy and Eric did a signing out of makeup in, I think, Stockholm, was it? And like a thousand fans showed up. And Yeah, they said the line was wrapped clear around the building. Yeah, which is very cool, I think. And, um, you know, there are also more interviews now with Tommy and Eric. And Tommy Thayer recently did one, I think, in Finland, talking about Kiss, his role in Kiss, and um, giving a little opinion on an era that he's not fond of in history. So take it away, Tommy Thayer. No, you know, this is not about, you know, Tommy Thayer's identity. It's about doing a the classic Kiss show, and and uh, you know I'm proud to wear the the, the Ace you know spaceman uh, makeup and costume. You know I mean Ace, I I got to hand it to you. He was one of my favorite guitar play, players growing up, and you know I, I have a lot to thank Ace for. And 
And uh, but you know this is the this is the Kiss uh, classic Kiss lineup uh, as far as you know the the look and the costumes and the uh, you know why change that it it, it works so well and and uh, I'm proud to do it. To be honest with you, it doesn't even really appeal to me because um, I don't think you know if Tommy there had his own new makeup uh, identity. I don't think people would really care. You know when the band attempted to do that 20 25 years ago, it didn't really work back then. I mean, when you had uh, the Egyptian off and the yeah. Eric Carr was the fox or something, uh, it worked so well that uh, the year later they decided to take makeup off and reinvent themselves. Uh, I've, I've been a huge Kiss fan uh, almost my whole life. When Kiss first came out in 1974 with their first album, I asked for it for Christmas, and uh, my parents got me that album. And I saw Kiss in some magazines uh, on the newsstands back then, and I immediately was turned on by the, the visuals and the look of the band. I knew that it was something that I would love. And then when I got the album, uh, it was, you know, I was blown away. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that I have worked behind the scenes with KISS. I've produced and directed videos and I've managed the tours. And, you know, I've done a lot of interesting things that most, it's very rare that somebody uh, has the uh, opportunity or the ability to, to see both sides of it like I have. I love all the songs, yeah. but uh, to play 100,000 Years is a lot of fun. Uh, let Me Go Rock and Roll. Uh, I always love playing God Gave Rock and Roll to You, although we're not doing it in the set uh, presently. I love all the Kiss Alive stuff that we're doing because those are the songs that I grew up listening to and learning to play guitar to, like Come On and Love Me, and Rock Bottom, you know, Black yeah. Diamond, yeah. all the great songs. <laughs> oh, you know, you're going to get me in trouble now. Okay. Uh, I think, you know, era-wise, the least favorite era of Kiss of mine was probably 88, you know, Crazy Nights. Uh, yeah. It just didn't, didn't do a lot for me. I think it was, you know, the band seemed to be kind of, uh, you know, uh, identity-wise and stylistically, it you know, seemed to be kind of all over the place, and it didn't appeal to me as much. But, you know, Kiss has always been a great band, but that seemed to be a point where I was kind of, you know, not... You know, not loving it as much. All right, that was Tommy Thayer being interviewed on the radio in Finland. And now we're going to take a trip down to the murky depths of Abner's laboratory. Oh, Abner Devereaux, sure. Well, this Abner Devereaux, where can I find him? His workshop's located underneath the Sky Tower. You mean underground? Yeah. Way underground. I'll just activate the elevator mechanism. You step inside. Welcome to Abner's Laboratory. On this edition of Abner's Laboratory, we're going to take a look at the original KISS demos recorded at Electric Lady Studios in New York City in spring of 1973. The demo we're going to look at is Watching You, which was not included on the KISS box set. It was produced by Eddie Kramer and engineered by Dave Whitman. So without further ado, limping as you do, we're watching you. Yeah. 
This is Jonathan, KISS fan since 2002. You're listening to Podcast. The first letter tonight is from Tim Stars 78 He says, Guys, just wanted to drop you a line and say thanks for the podcast episodes. I have enjoyed all of them, and the new 1978 episode is fantastic. You did a great job on encapsulating one of Kiss's best years ever. This is such a very cool project, and I hope that there are many more to come, though I am sure it takes much time and effort on all your parts. I am sure there are many ideas for future episodes, but I really think a great idea would be an episode exclusively dedicated to The Elder, Take care and hope to chat with you on KISS FAQ soon. TimStar78. Well, uh, Tim, they uh, thank you for listening, first off, and I'm glad you enjoyed the 1978 special. Um, the time and effort is you know, ultimately worth it when we get letters like this and the, and the numbers that we're pulling in on the website and stuff and we get such great reaction to the shows. As far as The Elder goes, that's one of my favorite records of all time, and, and uh, I'm... I don't know about you, James, but I'd love to have an, an all elder show. When, when, uh, let me see. It'll have to be, we could two two thousand and eleven. We could have a thirtieth uh, anniversary of the elder. Uh, I don't know if I, I can be able to wait that long. But. Well, I guess we may have to do it sooner than that. Absolutely, the elder is not. I can't say it's one of my favorite Kiss albums. I can say that I think it's one of Kiss's most interesting albums. When well, I'll tell you, when they remastered the Kiss records, uh, I guess it was about ten, eleven years ago. They put them out in sets of four. So it was like Kiss through Alive and then um, Destroyer through Alive 2 and so on. The the four I think I was most excited for were Dynasty, Unmasked, Music from the Elder, and Creatures of the Night. Not that those are necessarily the best or my favorites, but the fact that they were that they released a disco record, a, a new wave record, a, a concept album, and a metal album in, in the span of four years, well, right? Four years? Yeah blows my mind and they and they look different from album to album too so it was incredible it, absolutely it's it's a great record with lots of uh, we have lots of demos to our uh, disposal to play and uh, live uh, live stuff there's not an overabundance of live stuff but there is stuff out there that we can uh, we can share so um an elder sh- an elder show awaits absolutely uh, look for that in the near future tim star thanks for uh, writing Here's another letter, and this will give us a chance to plug a, a pretty interesting project that's going on. So it says, A mission is being planned that will provide the opportunity to put Spaceman Ace Fraley into orbit. Uh, this mission will make him the first musician to go into and perform in outer space. The first official release regarding this mission will be announced on uh, myspace.com slash ace to space. That's one word, A-C-E-T-O. S-P-A-C-E, um, and www.acetospace.com. Uh, n- note that all information that can officially be released will be done so as soon as it can be. Please do not request information. Uh, feel free to forward this email to those you feel may be interested. Regards, the Ace to Space team. Wow. wow. <laughs> that <laughs> is... Ace- uh- it, you know, we're, we're operating on two assumptions here. Um, the first is that no one has ever performed live music in space before. And I don't know if that's true, actually. Um, it doesn't seem like it should be true. With well, all the, the weird crap they've done up there, you would think they'd played music before. I know that, I know that um, when the Ch- Challenger shuttle blew up, um, 
Ron McNair was one of the astronauts, and he was going to perform, um, I think, a saxophone piece up there in space. And um, of course, that didn't happen. But but so the first assumption, but but I can't imagine that no one's ever played music up there before. But so the first assumption is that he would be the first to play music uh, in space. And then the second assumption is that Ace Frehley is not already in outer space, which um, I'm not 100 percent sure that that's true. I think he's been up there. I, I think he I think he uh, has made multiple multiple trips back home, if you will. I think another assumption we kind of have to operate on on this one is uh, that Ace actually knows about this um, because in all the interviews Ace has, has done you know, in support of his, of his current tour, I don't think I've heard him mention the Ace to Space campaign. Have you? No, but I remember on, to, on, on the Tom Snyder interview, he said he wanted to be on the first space shuttle, if that's, as he said, if that's feasibly possible. So, you know, Ace, you might get your wish after all. As members of the KISS Army, most of us take for granted the luxury of having access to our favorite music, our favorite collectibles, our favorite concerts, our favorite bands. Yet for many years, fans in different parts of the world were limited in terms of what they were allowed to enjoy, and had to resort to unconventional, even illegal means by which to join in the fun. As KISS celebrate their 35th anniversary by touring the world, a whole new generation of fans experience an excitement that would have been forbidden in their parents' day. Ken, our friend and podcast correspondent, recently had a chat with Nikki, a 15-year-old girl who just saw KISS for the first time. Nikki shares her story with us and sheds some light on how her experiences differ from those of the previous generation of the KISS Army. Big thanks to Roy Castleberry from Outlaw Studios for all of his technical assistance in making this international interview a reality. She's a 15-year-old girl from the Czech Republic. She recently got to see KISS live in Prague. We welcome Nikki1993 to the podcast. Thank you for giving us an interview, Nikki. At what age did you become a KISS fan? Uh, I became a KISS fan because of my dad. Um, I remember it was in 1996 when I was three years old and uh, dad showed me some pics of KISS. And I remember I was I was made for all the news, started to play, and I know I was uh, really, really excited. So I Was Made for Loving You was the song that really got you? Yes. Nikki, what is it like being a KISS fan in the Czech Republic? It isn't like uh, being a KISS fan in the USA, Australia, and so on, but it's great as well. I'm a part of young Czech KISS army, and there's a lot of teenage girls and boys, and they became a KISS fans because of their parents. They were diehard KISS fans from 70s, 80s, 90s, and uh, it's just great. I, I love it being a part of a you know, generation of KISS army right here in the Czech Republic. Is it easy to get KISS merchandise there? It isn't hard to get a KISS merch because of the internet and there are also some fans who are connected with some people in USA. So when we want some KISS merch that isn't available in the Czech Republic, we contact these fans and they get it for us. But in the 70s and 80s, it wasn't easy for the fans here because uh, KISS as well as the other foreign bands are prohibited. So the fans had to get a KISS stuff, including LPs and posters and so on, in secret from the people from abroad. It meant uh, be a KISS fan was something like a, be a rebel. And a, a rebel? Lot of young people, yeah, rebel. And a lot of young people wanted to be the rebels, so they became a KISS fans. So they it's actually great. had to sneak KISS posters and KISS, yes. KISS albums and merchandise into the country. 
Yes, but they enjoyed it a lot. Are there expos or gatherings of fans? Well, sometimes there's something like it. How is Kiss looked at by people of your own age? Uh, a lot of young people are into rap and so on, and they they don't like Kiss, and uh, we usually fight with them. <laughs> and it's 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 funny. I, I like it. I, I enjoy this fight, I, this fight as possible because, you know, some guy comes to me and says, "Hey, Kiss sucks," and I, I and I. You know, I'm becoming upset, and I, I said, I said, hey, go anywhere, but don't say anything, Jen's kiss. Nikki, can you tell us about the day of the concert? What were you doing? What was it like? Was there a lot of excitement in the area? Well, it was the best experience in my life. It was the best day I, I have ever had. It was the June 6th, and uh, in the morning, we had a wedding. My uncle had a wedding. So I was a bridesmaid, and then, after the wedding, I changed to a KISS fan again, and uh, we, we went to Prague, and uh, it was something magic, you know, it was... I, I have never thought I, can, I, I could get it, and, uh, you know, I remember just, I was screaming my head off, uh, hands in the air, and there was a voice blasting out of the speakers, All right, Prague! And that was the moment I was totally blown out, really. When, when the curtain went down, what happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember Kiss, Jean, Tommy and Paul got down to stage. You know, actually, I, I don't remember anything. The first two minutes were... <laughs> I, I don't remember them. You were just caught up in the hysteria of it all. Yeah, yeah. I was totally floored, and then I remember Jean uh, was saying a deuce, and me and my friends, were all, well, we were almost crying. It was really strong. All right, Brock! You wanted the best! You got the best! The hottest man in the world!
when I'm when I'm listening to Life City, it bringing back memories. I'll bet. Yeah. Nikki, did you wear kiss makeup to the show? Did you see a lot of people wear kiss makeup at the show? No, we didn't because uh, I I was at the wedding. Right, you were at a wedding and you didn't want to. Yeah. Show up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I saw a lot of guys with makeup and it was great. Kiss. Paul Stanley. When I was a child, I liked Jean a lot, but when I was turning 13, I became a teenage girl looking for a hot man, and then I was watching the Kiss Confidential, and my Paul crush was here, and I like him for many reasons. He's very sexy, he wrote great songs, he's a great singer and guitarist, he's got charisma as nobody else, but he also seems like a romantic person. He's, he's great living example how you can make your dreams come true and I like his attitudes like live to win I think these are the most important reasons why he's my favorite member can you tell us any highlights of the show some favorite moments perhaps uh, when Paul was speaking in Czech it was very funny uh, for example in English our capital is Prague okay? okay but in Czech but in Czech it's Praha and he was saying that just like Czech people he said Praha it was great, and he worked the end. The audience was great. Let me hear ya. Favorite moments when Paul said they're gonna come back to see us next year. Hope it's true. Then Eric's drum solo, Jean's flight to the lights, Paul's flight to the back of the arena or arena, and the Black Diamond intro. And the most favorite, uh, Deuce. What are your thoughts about Tommy Thayer being in Kiss? And I confess, I, I don't mind, I, and, and I have never didn't mind uh, Eric Singer on Peter's Place for some reason. I, I don't know why. But first, I didn't like Tommy on Ace's Place, and I was confused when he was singing Shock Me in Australia. But in Prague, I was totally floored, because he was doing just great. And after the show, I was running to the merch stand and bought his poster and pick pack. And well, I, I like this line a lot. Now, after the show, I love them. So this lineup is very good in your eyes. Yes. Okay. Also, also I like the seventeenth era and I like the revenge era. But this is great, just great. So uh, revenge is a second favorite lineup of yours, or? Yes, because I like Bruce a lot. He's my favorite guitarist, just after Paul, and uh, because Kiss Confidential was uh, one of the Kiss concerts I have ever seen on DVD, so I saw Bruce, and uh, I, I just love this line. Nikki, I understand that there was an instant live CD of the event. Did you get it? Yeah, I, I did, and... Uh, it was the best thing I could do because now I'm listening to it every minute I've got and as I said before, bring it back memories. <laughs> <laughs> 
would you recommend that people buy the instant live shows that they go to? Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about your own music and what you want to do? I want to show the people, even though you're a girl, even though you're a girl from the Czech Republic, a small country somewhere in Europe, you can do big things. I hope I will prove it to the people someday, some way. What would you say the KISS attitude is or what it is all about? Never let anybody get on you. Never let anybody tell you what you should do and how you should live your life. I think uh, this is KISS attitude, something like this. There, there's also an attitude, uh, enjoy every day as much as possible and uh, have a fun. It always ma makes me feel proud and happy. Nikki, is there anything you'd like to say to your brothers and sisters in the KISS Army? Of course. I love you all. I'm proud to be a part of a KISS Army. And uh, also, I'm from the small country. Uh, now I'm, feel, I'm feeling like I'm part of something very big. And... Uh, I'm just proud to be on KISS Army. I love you all and thank you. Is there anything you'd like to say to KISS themselves? Yeah, uh, two, two things here. The first is, thank you, I love you a lot. And the second thing, uh, come back to Prague next year. Please come back again. Thanks again, Ken, for that interview, and thank you, Nikki, for sharing your story with us. Nikki's also an awesome musician. She's a guitarist and a singer, and uh, here's her cover of Easy As It Seems. Hello, here is Nikki from the Czech Republic, the proud member of KISS Army, and you're listening to podcast. Lucky for me when your road never bends Do it for me 